What's going on, America? This episode of the Dear America Podcast is brought to you by my friends at BlackRifleCoffee.com. Stop drinking communist coffee. I don't care. Stop. Stop it. Stop right now. Drink America's coffee, and that is Black Rifle Coffee. They give millions of dollars every single year to veterans. They give millions of dollars every single year to veteran charities, including the Dear America Foundation. They employ thousands of veterans across the world and everything you can possibly imagine. And their coffee actually is really good because it is America's coffee. So stop drinking communist coffee. Drink America's coffee. Go to BlackRifleCoffee.com right now. All right, hey, what up, what hey. up, what up, America, and welcome to the Q&A episode. I told you we're going to start doing this every single week. So submit your questions to Graham at G-R-A-H-A-M at DearAmericaMedia.com. That is D-E-A-R. D- yes, uh. not deer like a deer, D-E-A-R. So that's Graham at DearAmericaMedia.com. We could start like a hunting wear called Dear America. Uh, I actually, somebody tagged me once for Halloween. Um, her and her husband are big fans of the show, and she was a deer, and he was Captain America. So it was Deer America. That's actually pretty dope. It, it was, it was it, I, you know, it was really good. Um, anyway, okay, so we are going to uh, go through some of the questions that have been submitted, uh, and I'm just going to answer them, and we're going to talk about it. Let's go. This could be a short episode, could be a really long one. Depends on what happens. So first of all, somebody wrote, and this is going to be interesting. Somebody wrote, what is your typical day like? Hmm. Um, which is interesting uh, <laughs> because I don't know if I have one. I, it depends on, this sounds so dumb. Depends on what I'm doing. If, yeah. if, if I'm traveling, we're just going to go, it if, I'm not traveling. Let, let, let's just okay. do that one. I'm not traveling. So uh, if I'm not traveling, a typical day for me is uh, I get up at 5.30 every morning. Uh, I really wish that I could work out in the afternoons, but something always comes up all the time. So the only way that I can get stuff done is to just get up at 5.30. And so my kids have to be at school at 8. So normally my uh, first part of the morning consists of I get up. um, I'm a weird person in this regard this is a military thing i sleep in the gym shorts i'm gonna wear to the gym the next day no like that's a smart thing it just at 5 30 i'm barely awake and it's just like one less thing to have to do it's making it easier to get to the gym yeah and i used to do that for pt all the time Uh, i just i sleep in the gym shorts so i get up taper pre-workout uh shout out andy for at first form taper pre-workout um and uh go to the gym go to the gym come back in time get a shower kids are getting ready for school um Alyssa is a beautiful woman takes her forever to get ready just forever Uh, I've gone to the gym come back got a shower got the kids ready and she's still getting ready getting ready uh either way I get to take the kids to school when I'm home which is really cool I get to drop them off so that's cool 
Um, and then I'm normally here at the office by like 8, 10 or something like that. Um, I'm the first one here nine times out of 10. Yeah. Uh, you beat me every once in a while. Every one. But, but, but it's because something's come up. I've got like a haircut I got to go yeah. do or something. I've like got that. a bigger commute too. Yeah. 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 Uh, but either way, nine times out of 10, I'm here handle emails, et cetera. We're normally filming by about nine 30. Yeah. I'm usually popping in around eight, eight 30 is kind of early. Nine o'clock is like, I'm usually nine o'clock on the dot. Yeah. I'm normally, I'm normally looking for Zach about nine o'clock. We start filming about nine 30. Uh, and then after that is honestly where me and Zach kind of part ways. Uh, we'll go to lunch sometimes. Uh, but then after that, it's pretty much all meetings for me. All the rest of the day. I, I, I've got every single day there are Zoom calls, phone calls, uh, answering emails, et cetera. We've got meetings with clients. We've got meetings with future clients. We've got meetings with Turning Point USA. We, 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 we've got schedule resolving meetings where we talk about all of the events that are coming up, et cetera, uh, in the coming weeks and what the travel like that looks like, et cetera. And here lately, it's been really hectic because we're in uh, our charity event mm -hmm. season. In the next three months, uh, you know, we have Freedom on the Range. Um, that, mm -hmm. you know, the hurricane is uh, it's going to be a wet uh, Freedom on the Range. It's literally going, the middle of it's going almost right over where we're going to be. Yeah. At the exact time we're going to be there. It'll be raining in 20 mile hour winds. It's going to be a fun time. Uh, anyway, and then uh, December, we've got our gala event, et cetera. So that's kind of a typical day. I, I get home around five or six, hang out with the kids. Uh, that night after I watch some shows with Alyssa or whatnot, or we talk about, <laughs> Alyssa wants to talk about the future all the time. Uh, I'm normally doing research and stuff uh, for the shows the next day. And so I normally roll into bed about 11, back up at 530. And that's kind of my life. When I'm home is 5.30 to 11 every day. Um, so there you go. That's my it's my normal day when I'm home. Traveling, too hectic. Too hectic yeah, to talk that, about. That, that, that would change every day. Yeah, it's just too much. But but that's kind of my, if my kids have baseball and all the other stuff, I mean, I do those things as well from 5 to whenever. Uh, but that's kind of the normal schedule uh, now that things are established to the point that they're established. All right, listen up, folks. The last time we went through a recession, there were stocks that literally went to zero. Washington Mutual, Lehman Brothers, Chrysler, multiple blue chip stocks went to little or no value almost overnight. Could that happen again? Uh, the way the things are going in Biden's economy, I think that is more possible than not. So why not own something that has never been valued at zero? G-O-L-D. That spells Gold. Historically, it's your best hedge against inflation, which is rising like an atomic nuclear missile as we speak. The savviest Americans diversify their savings to protect them from downturns in the market, from global instability, and from a falling dollar. Do you? Burge Gold Group helps you hold gold and silver in a tax-sheltered retirement account. So whether you've got a 401k, an IRA, or let's just say you've got some savings you've been working so hard to protect, all you have to do is text the word GRAHAM, that's G-R-A-H-A-M, to 9898. 
98. There was some confusion about this earlier, so I'm going to say it again. The number is 989898, and you text the word Graham, G-R-A-H-A-M, to get your 20-page free information kit from Birch Gold. There are no strings attached. Free information is vital information. So all you got to do is text the word Graham to 989898. Now, okay, somebody asked, would you rather have Ford or Chevy or Ram or GMC truck? Mm. They said for them, it's a Ford. I have had every single one. <laughs> hey, have, which I, one's your favorite? I have tried every single truck there is. I, well, I told you guys I drive a diesel now. Now that I'm a diesel driver, I will never go back. I will never have a 1500 or a 150 well, of anything. That thing goes like to California and back on a tank. <laughs> oh, yeah, man. Uh, and so I've had, um, I've had the Cummins diesel. I've had the Power Stroke. Um, and I've had the, um, the Duramax, right? Like, like all this stuff. And, and I'll say that I am a Ford guy. The power stroke is without a doubt the most powerful diesel engine that then, I've been in. And the Ford just looks good. Well, mine does. Don't yeah. say what it looks like. I have I'm enough not. people trying to track me down as it is, but either way, um, I, I've had all of them and I've driven all of them for about a year at a time. And uh, I've had now a Ford uh, F-250 for about two and a half years now, and that is my favorite one. Not a real fancy guy when it comes to driving vehicles. I mean, I do have a nice truck. Don't get me wrong. I went through a brief douchey phase. Yeah, you hit the Porsche for a little bit. Yeah, where I, well, you know, I tried, you know, a sports car. And I went through a Camaro 1LE uh, ZL1. That, that doesn't fit your personality as much ZL1, as a truck. ZL1 1LE. Then I got the GT500, and then I got the Porsche. Um, and, you know, God really just kind of convicted me, honestly. Not that I, you know, was like doing it, but, but they were, you know, it's just basically like, why are you spending the money on this when you can donate this money to charity? And it's not even really who you are, right? And it's not. I'm a truck dude, always have been, always will be. And so, yeah, I drive an F250. And so, um, yeah, so there's that. Okay, let's see here. Um, ooh, how hard was it to start a podcast? Mm. That's interesting. Um, That's a good question. So a lot of people want to start podcasts these days. Um, it is not as hard as you think, but it's also not as easy as you think. It's the consistency yeah, that really it, counts. It's, um, it's, it's middle ground. So for, for, for me, you have to understand the the my experience is going to be different from someone who's just starting out experience but I will say that when the idea of starting a podcast came along I didn't know a thing about podcast. I at the time I wasn't even like the biggest podcast listener at the time. Podcasting has really just kind of taken over, man. Like if I'm on a road trip, I'll listen to podcasts over music now. Like it's yeah. just, it, it really has taken well, over. Because you actually feel like you're doing something productive with your just driving time. That, and I think that it kind of goes along with this culture that we all are trying to connect with people and we kind of mm. feel like we're connecting to them. Like the old school radio host days, you know, it's like a friend of yours is in the car or like friends. If you listen to podcasts with multiple people, et cetera. Um, so starting a podcast, I mean, you, first and foremost, you got to have equipment. Zach, you can actually answer some of I, this. What 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 do they need to value. start a podcast? 
it's not as it's you can do it pretty cheap like you can get you know, i recommend going with a decent microphone but like what i tell people is just spend about like i'd recommend probably 75 bucks on a mic and that may sound expensive but you're going to have the mics that we're using are way more than that you can do that plug it into your computer with you can you can buy microphones that plug directly in usb and then you can record it in something in a free web in a free software called OBS. Like it's all really simple stuff. You can start a podcast for less than a hundred dollars. You can then use Anchor, which is a hosting site that is absolutely free. Now, if you get bigger, you're going to want to swap. But like, yeah, just get just get a decent microphone. Um, check, um, I'm going to do a little plug. I've never done this. Come to my Instagram, Zach. Hudson underscore seven Z A C H U D S O N underscore seven. Shoot me a message and I'll like send you a link to the microphone that I recommend. I think yes, one you should. I think that's the longest you've ever spoken straight on the podcast because it's something that it's like I actually know about. I know this is like your wheelhouse right there. And so I'm doing it, guys. Uh, anyway, uh, once you start doing a podcast, my suggestion is um, don't try to fit into a mold. Mm -hmm. Be yourself. Be yourself. We are a Christian, political, talk show-ish show. We're not in the news category. We're actually in the religion and spirituality category because I don't think there's enough Christian shows that are talking about the things that we talk about. Mm -hmm. um, we've never really fit into a mold. And, and so you just talk about whatever it is that it is you feel that you were supposed to talk about and be consistent about posting about it. If you put out a podcast and you upload it on Apple or whatever, and you don't let anybody know you got a podcast, it's going to do nothing. Newsflash, you're not just going to miraculously show up on Apple's new and upcoming shows and people are going to listen. There's millions of podcasts. You have to try, you have to. Really focus on a the content. Make sure the content's good and that it's going to connect with your audience that you've already thought out. And then you want to market it on social media so people actually know about it. Yeah, and then you have to be. I mean, you have to be realistic. I mean, it it, it if you want it to be successful, it has to be more than just this side thing that you do. Yeah, at least in the beginning, till you get it going. Um, Ninety nine. 0.8% of podcasts have 10,000 or less listeners. Mm -hmm. Okay. So if you want to say that might be more like a thousand or less listeners, like, like well, I think if you're getting like a well, hundred downloads an episode, you're actually above the average. Yeah. 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 Well, what I meant is if you're getting 10,000 downloads or more, you're actually in the 0.2%. Yeah, you're up there as one of the best of podcasts. Like it is, it is a highly, saturated thing. Uh, and so I'm not saying that to discourage. I'm saying that to say you just got to be consistent and mm -hmm. you don't need to flip flop and change around how you talk and all this other kind of stuff because you think it's not working, et cetera, yeah. et cetera. Don't do that. Just, just, just stay consistent to what you want. And if it's you getting off of your chest, whatever it is that you think you want to say, then uh, it's all good. Can I add one more thing? Yeah. So I help out some smaller podcasts with people. That's something I like to do. And one of my friends, she has a ministry. She has a podcast. And it's we were averaging like probably 100 downloads an episode. And then all of a sudden, we went from, she like because I keep up with her analytics, she went from like 80 to 100 people to now has almost 600 unique listeners. Yeah. And so like, and it just happened. Like 
She just kept consistently going. We would promote it on her social accounts, which are not big at all, but somehow someone shared it. And all of a sudden now it's gaining momentum. And I'm just saying like, if you stay consistent, you start a little social account, you get your friends to follow it. You then kind of start connecting with people in that genre, that niche. All it takes is one share. And then all of a sudden you may go from 20 downloads to a hundred downloads. And then a couple months later to 500 downloads, it's going to take a long time, but it can be worth it. Look at it like this. Okay. Especially from a Christian standpoint. And I love to do this all the time. The average, the national average of a congregation of a pastor is 120 people, okay? And that's a thriving church by national Mm -hmm. uh, numbers, right? There's 52 weekends or 52 weeks in a month or in a month, in a year. Um, So that's 52 Sundays, right? Okay. Or is it 57? Dadgummit, I'm second guessing myself now. Don't ask me. Well, you, you got a computer. How many weeks are in a year? I'm pretty sure it's 52. 52.1429. 52.1429. Okay. 52. All right. Anyway, I got a lot of knowledge up here, guys. Sometimes I spit it out and I'm like, is that what it is? Or anyway. Okay. So 120 times 52. Let's just assume that a pastor is speaking to 120 different people every year, which we know that's not true. Let's just say for numbers sake that that's the case. All right. So times 52. So he's going to talk to 6,240 people a year. Let's say that pastor preaches for 30 years. Over the entire 30 years, a pastor roughly can speak to, if they're all different every time, 187,200 people. You have an ability to have your voice heard to where you can reach numbers of people that a pastor will never, ever, Mm -hmm. ever even be able to imagine reaching simply by doing what you do. So absolutely go for a podcast. A little harder than people think, not as hard as people think. Go for it. All right, let's keep going. All right, Healthy Cell is the next generation of dietary supplements. If you take supplements in pill form now, honestly, it's time to change. Studies show that you don't absorb most of the nutrients in pills, not to mention they can be hard to swallow, and let's face it, vitamins you can't absorb are a waste of money. That's why doctors and nutritionists created Healthy Cell, a great-tasting, ingestible gel with 165%, yes, 165% more absorption than pills. Let me give you an example. Researchers have shown, I don't know why I said researchers, research has shown that distractions not only hurt productivity, but they can lead to higher stress and a bad mood, which means focus and concentration are shaping up to be the new superpowers of the 21st century professionals. In 2008, the average amount of concentrated time on a task without distraction was 12 seconds. Five years later, it was only eight seconds. That's less attentiveness than a goldfish. This is true, by the way. Um, even Even in videos, They say that it used to be you had 30 seconds to capture attention. Now you've got like seven. Healthy Cells Micro Gel ensures maximum absorption of exactly the sort of premium nutrients you need to help support focus, recall, mental speed, and rapid learning. If it's optimal brain performance you want, check out Healthy Cell. All you got to do is visit HealthyCell.com slash ground. That's H-E-A-L-T-H-Y-C-E-L-L dot com and use the code Graham for 20% off your first order. Go to HealthyCell.com slash Graham now. Uh, let's see. 
What are your suggestions for those who can't afford private schools and Mm. need two incomes in order to provide for their families as inflation continues to rise? I understand not all families are blessed with great jobs and have to uh, have no other alternatives to public school. Sorry for the rant, but I feel this is the biggest issue in the United States. I completely agree with you. I absolutely agree. Um, And 100% it is. Um, I would say that we don't have our kids in a private school. So I I don't even like private school. I'm going to be honest with you. I don't like private schools either. Are all of them bad like public schools? No. Are the majority of them still not great? Yes. Um, I don't like public schools either. I I think homeschool is the way to go. There we go. Um, You know, and I realize that there's a lot of people that aren't able to homeschool, but there's so many alternatives now. There's so many ways to do it. You can do hybrid schools. You can have it to where, uh, you know, a lot of you are like, well, I'm not a teacher. Well, neither am I. I would choke a kid. I'm just being honest. I, I, I could not do it. But you can drop kids at other parents' houses. You can create this network. Or if you get enough people together, you can kind of do what we did here where we did this hybrid homeschool where Monday through Thursday, the kids go to school from 8 to 2.30, um, and it is homeschool curriculum, and they actually have teachers there that are certified, you know, mm-hmm. master's degree teachers, et cetera, and all of the families come together. Like, we even have sponsorships now, our, our, uh, our scholarships now for kids in families that can't afford it, et cetera, because all of the families are coming together to fund this school. So there's a lot of ways to do it. Um, you just got to yeah. be kind of resourceful. And with homeschool, and you may have to take some sacrifices, because I know with my family, it got tight because my mom didn't, she didn't have an income so that she could teach us. Um, so yeah, there's probably going to be sacrifices that have to be made, but at the end of the day, it's going to be worth it. Yeah, I agree. Okay, um, where is the place you and your family have loved living the most? Uh, here. Uh, I know that that's, here in South Carolina. It's a good state. Um, do I think that I'll live here for the rest of my life? No, probably not. Montana. Uh, I think I think I will be buried in Montana or Alaska or somewhere mm. out in the middle of nowhere one day. Uh, but Anchorage. right right now, raising kids, et cetera. Um, you know, I love Mississippi, man. I'm born and raised Mississippi, and Mississippi will always I will always be a Mississippian. But <laughs> uh, my kids will grow up South Carolinians and that's what they will remember. And, and this is a great place. Uh, there's a lot to do here. Um, just enough city to have just enough city to do all the shopping that you need. Yeah. But, but still country, we've got our acres out in the middle of nowhere and, yeah, and hiking, so, you got the beach close by. Yeah. 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 And so, so Texas was awesome. I, I love yeah, Texas, yeah. but Texas is like wide open all the time man like i mean there's so many people it's also flat in texas it's flat yeah you know i'm yeah exactly so i need hiking south carolina i've never lived in montana or wyoming or alaska or whatever but but i do really feel like i promised Alyssa that we wouldn't move anymore barring like the country falling apart until the kids were out of school um once that's done i have no idea where i'll end up and so I think you should build a studio in Montana close to I, Glacier National Park. I, you know, I at least want to spend a year there and try it, you know, do it like just to see. But either way, that's a good, uh, Anna Grace is in third grade. So that's a good nine years away. It'll fly by. Um, either way, dude, I'll be, 
be 45. Oh, my gosh. Ooh, that's an old um, man. Anyway, okay. <laughs> All right. Let's see. Um, ooh. Um, mm-hmm. Why is it your body when it comes to a vaccine, but not a woman's body when she's pregnant? Ooh, I love this one. Okay. Well, you get to make a decision about the vaccine going into your body. So that's your your decision. Again, the common misconception about this from non-believers, and honestly, I don't believe that any sane, rational human being actually doesn't know this. The moment you become pregnant, it was your body when you made the decision to become or commit the act that leads to pregnancy. Yeah. That's no longer your body anymore. And the thing about abortion is you're not doing something to your body. You're doing something to the baby's body. Yeah. And so it is your body, your choice. The difference is the baby can't talk. And I would venture to say the baby doesn't want to have their body parts cut off and dismembered. And so I do believe in your body, your choice. Absolutely. But just because the baby can't talk because it's literally inside of your stomach doesn't mean that that rule does not apply. In fact, by your very definition of your body, your choice, you can't believe in abortion because you're not giving the baby's body very much of a choice. Um, all right. Let's see. Why are you such a whiny little B word? Let's answer that one. I don't know. I, it's a, it's a struggle I've had my whole life. I don't know. I, you know, uh, you, you're listening to the show. What does that say about you? <laughs> it would be my thing. Um, uh, either way, uh, let's see. Um, how much longer do you think the country can continue to be so divided before it falls apart? Well, first of all, if you believe the Bible to be true, you know it all falls apart. How long? I, I, I have made this prediction. It's a dire prediction, but I've made it. I think that this will be the last presidential election as we know it. I really do. I, I believe that to be true. Not saying there's not going to be a presidential election anymore. I, I think that the calls to abolish the Electoral College and truly make it a popular vote type thing, like all this stuff, I, I believe all that stuff will happen. I believe that no matter who runs for whatever side, whether it's Trump, DeSantis, whether it's Gavin Newsom, AOC, whoever it is, uh, Michelle Obama, whatever, I, I think no matter what happens, it all is bad. I think if Democrats win, the country is just screwed. I think if Republicans win, Democrats are going to set the country on fire. Um, I, I, I do. I, I don't see a happy ending in 2024. Um, I just don't. I, I wish I did, but just all signs point to no matter who wins, it turns out bad. Yeah. And so I wish that wasn't the case, but that just seems to be the way it is. Um, let me see here. Will you ever run for president? No, <laughs> no, I will not. Um, Graham DeSantis ticket. No, 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 no. Did I, you get I, to debate AOC live? I no, I wouldn't. I, I, I wouldn't do it because I, I'm just being honest. I don't, I, I don't have the qualifications to be president. I just don't. And what I mean by that is I think self-awareness is very important. Oh, it is. I would literally hit the nuke button. I'm just being honest. I, I would. And I'm just being like, I would literally you have, would start World War III. I would have them put on the presidential desk 
an old James Bond 1970s looking like key turns the glass up, big red button on the on the thing. And I would address any nation that was talking crap and I would unlock it and I would just hover my hand over the button as I'm talking. No, you like, just have a live feed of your hand like over I, the I button just, the entire yeah, time. Yeah, like, you know, it just, yeah, I, I just, I don't have... I don't have the temperament for it. And, and I think it's I think it's good to to be mm-hmm. self-aware of that. It's just like me. Would never go be a teacher. If all this falls <laughs> apart and I gotta go get a normal job again, it wouldn't be teacher. <laughs> I know that. Yeah, I definitely could not see it you as a teacher. It would not be teacher. Cop. I think I could be a good cop because I do. I think I think that I have the ability to listen to a bunch of different people and hear their sides and and sympathize and empathize even sometimes with them and understand more having to do it for the entire country. No, no, I just don't think I could. Um, and also by the time I'm at a point where I might even consider that, like I said, I I, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen guys. I, I just don't. I, I, I just, yeah. Um, Ooh, here's a good one. How many times do I have to drop my baby on his head for him to end up like you? <laughs> I love that. Wow. Um, let's check this person's profile out. Um, this person has a profile picture of is that a cat. There's your problem right there. Uh, there, can, uh, there, can, there can be good cat people. 12, 12. You got to do it 12 times. I did get dropped on my head a lot as a kid. I know that for a fact. Also hit my head a lot. Um, 12. I'll go with 12. It's a good even number. Why not? 12. 12 is a good number. Yeah, 12. On the 12th time, you will have a Graham Allen for a son. On the 12th time. Some of you are dropping your kids right now. <laughs> please, please. Please, 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 please. Uh, just what would the world look like if progressives got everything they want, uh, et cetera? Well, I think, I think we're headed towards that way. Um, I think that we're headed towards uh, a a world where the minority is leading the majority of the conversations about everything that we do. Um, and then last but not least, I saw, um, do you still want to keep doing what you're doing? And I think that's a really, really good one to end it on. Um, I was looking at a picture the other day, uh, and and those of you, uh, some of you won't see this because you listen on audio, but I was looking at, uh, I still have my original um, headshot photos that I took when I very first started doing this stuff. Because like I said, I was having some success, uh, all that kind of mess, but I didn't really know where it was going, et cetera. Um, and look at this young guy. Wow. Look at this young dude right there. Look at him. This this is pre eight years of total and complete war all the time. I mean, this is a guy that feels like he's on to something, but he has no freaking, you want to talk about how hard it is to start a podcast. This, this, this poor schmuck right here, 26 year old me or 27 year old me had no look how young I look in this photo. I had just started letting my beard grow out. Like, like, you know, like, look at this, look, look at this young guy right here. Them smoldering eyes. 
You know, like I thought I was going to be a model. That's like a model shot, model yeah. headshot there. Oh, and, let me see. Let me see it again. Let me see the lighting. And, and then, and then you've got like, look, look at this one. Look at this guy. Look how young he looks. Look at him. Look how cute he is. And then look, this poor patriotic soul thought that he was. I mean, thought he was going to change the world, man. He really did. And now, this is this is this is eight years later, baby. Here we are. Uh, and I've already told you guys that I'm going to keep going this tempo for another two. So 10 years by the time I, I, I'm not, I'm not quitting, quitting. We've talked about this, but I am going to dramatically reduce what we do or, or what I do and focus more on just normal things. I still talk. You know, maybe the show goes to once a week, you know, kind of stuff. I mean, we, we, we've had this conversation. If you haven't listened to the episode, I want to say it's something about mental health or at, at my big announcement or something like that. Yeah. Do I, do, I, do I still love what I do? Yes and no. Am I the same person I was eight years ago? No way. Um, do I believe Everything as blindly as I did eight years ago? No, not at all. This thing has jaded me, man. <laughs> jaded me bad. You know, and I hear a lot of like trauma counselors and stuff like that. They get like, they get like jaded, right? Like seeing trauma and stuff like starts to not have the same effect on them anymore. You know, they get kind of, kind of cold to it and stuff like that. Same thing here. You know, everything that we talk about, it could be the worst thing you've ever seen in your life. We've seen it eight times now, you know? Yeah. Uh, oh, Graham, New York Times is just destroying you online right now. Huh, you know, it's not the first time. <laughs> People have literally made their careers off of hating me. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, like the Young Turks and all those people, like they shot up the stardom on the crazy people's side by attacking people like me and me specifically. Me and Hassan Piker are like huge friends. <laughs> Not really. Um, but he hates me. Hates me. Whatever. Um, I love the opportunity that I have had and, you know, hopefully will continue to have with you guys. I love the opportunities that I've had to know that I'm not alone in what I feel, what I think. I'm happy to have made the relationships that I've made. I'm happy to have had the opportunities that I've had. Um, I got to do things that I never, ever thought that I would. Somebody asked me, are you going to write another book before, you know, you, uh, you know, take a, I don't know, a reduction in what you're doing? I don't know. Maybe. Um, it depends on if I feel there's one more thing that I want to say. Uh, you know, I didn't write books because I wanted money. I wrote books because I felt like I had something to say. Mm -hmm. um, the first book was to tell people that come from bad beginnings that there is, there is hope on the other side of it. The second book was to tell the reality of what's going on here in this country. And there is still a chapter out there that got taken out of that book, which now has been proven right, but whatever. It depends on if I feel like there's a closing chapter to the trilogy of books, I guess. What is what is the final thing that I would want to say to you, the audience, right? 
10 years doing this, going into the depths deeper than 99% of people will ever go, is there something to say at the very end? I don't know. I'll have to think about that kind of stuff. Maybe. I mean, two years is a long time. I mean, you know, who knows? Um, I love that we have affected people in a positive way, in a encouraging way, and even in a you hate my guts kind of way. I, I, I am proud to know that when I'm on my deathbed, I did something, you know, I, I tried, I, I put, put myself out there. I, I gave it everything that I had. Was I the most famous person? No. Was I the least famous? No. Did I do a lot of good things? Yeah, I think I did. You know, um, do I still love what I do? I love being me. That's my answer. I love being me. And if being me is what I continue to do, um, even at a reduced rate, then yeah, I, I, I love what I do. But, but I've harped so much lately about finding, finding value outside of your job and the money you make because it's, I, I talk to you guys about what I'm dealing with at the same time. And I've really been working on who am I if you don't see me every day anymore? Who am I if I'm not one of the top conservative voices anymore? Who am I if I'm not traveling all the time? Who am I if I'm not making the money that I make all the time anymore? And I think I'm okay with it. And so, do I love what I do? I love who I am. And who I am is what I do. So I guess the answer is yes. That's all we have for this episode of the Q&A sessions. We're going to be doing this every single week. Thank you guys for submitting your questions and make sure to submit more. Graham at DearAmericaMedia.com. Thank you guys so much for listening. Make sure to do us a favor. Share this with a friend. Uh, Give us five stars. Give us a like. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you all again next time.